Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Volrath Feed. This is the show to find out more about the world of commercial food service. I'm your host, Rich Rupp, product trainer and chef at the Volrath Company. And as always, I'm joined by our producer and co-host, Justin Pearson. Hello, Justin. Good day to you, Rich. How are things going? Pretty good. Pretty good. Always good, right? You got a choice. <laughs> good day, bad day. Let's make it a good day. That's right. You wake up every single morning and, and you have a conscious decision whether you're going to make it positive or negative. And, uh, That's right. Yeah, you know, A little bit of coffee and uh, I'm good to go. A little roll with it throughout the day helps make it all go good, right? Yeah, and of course, whenever we jump on the show, it's it's just impossible to have a bad day. At least that's right, that's right. At least, at least during this couple hours. Yeah, you know, we've had a lot of good shows, a lot of good, uh, a lot of good content, and and that actually segues right into uh, I think um, something I wanted to talk about here today was, you know, with all the great content we've gotten and the feedback that we've got off the show, it's exciting to move into some of this other digital stuff we're going to be doing and the podcast. Um, as we as we air may go to an every other week format but you know all this other great stuff that's going to be coming out on a regular basis is just really exciting for all of us here i think at the feed to take all this content and feedback and things that we've gotten over the last almost a year now we've been doing this so yeah almost um, really exciting times a lot of good stuff going to be coming along as yeah, a result I'm, of this show yeah i'm looking forward to creating some additional content, you know, be that uh, different recordings or, or, or moving into doing some video. Uh, right. We've got a lot of a lot of fun things that uh, we're looking at doing that are coming down the pipeline to uh, enhance and, and augment uh, the podcast. So we're, which, we'll, yeah, like you said, we will move it into uh, an every other week format, but that doesn't mean that we're going to be short on content. We're just no. going to be delivering no more of it in different ways so you, so you mentioned video you know <laughs> I better start on that new year's resolution right this covid uh <laughs> what is it 10 or more like a solid 15 oh my gosh yeah uh, we <laughs> everyone has the best excuse in the world yeah. to have packed on a few pounds but i tell you it's I mean, it's got to come off <laughs> exactly well and justin you know one of the things that I don't know if everyone knows this, but after the show, we have great discussions about all the cool things we learned from our guests. And I think a lot of that discussion and the things we've learned are, are going to be a lot of the content that we build out from from the show. Absolutely. And that, that's going to take, uh, you know, could take many different forms. Could be a tip or trick that we picked up from a chef mm -hmm. that uh, we try out and demonstrate on a video to maybe even just... Uh, diving into some new technology that we've learned along the way and, and presenting that so that people can see firsthand what it, what it looks like. So yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm really always, excited for this new opportunity. Yeah, we always talk about um, following up with our guests. You know, mm -hmm. we always think about all those things, and that'll be fun too. So Yeah, and that's, that's one of the other big things that's just kind of sitting off waiting in the wings for us to do is uh, to go out and visit our – our uh, guests, uh, you know, boots on the ground, check out their establishments and visit with them again and do a follow-up. So that's yeah. that's something that is still still on the docket, you know, and we'll just uh, hopefully get there sooner than later. Right. So a lot of good stuff coming. Very cool. Well, speaking of cool, uh, today on the feed, we'll be joined by Peter Zimbeck, who is the Vice President of Global Digital Incubation for Aramark. 
does a lot of work in the AI, artificial intelligence area. Um, everything we, we do, if you think about it nowadays, is tracked and listened to. Our phones, uh, all the devices in our homes, all that stuff. So it'll be a lot of fun to talk to him and hear how he sees that technology working into food service. I know there's a lot of speculation on how it could be used and some of it may be a little futuristic and a little fun, kind of far-fetched, but others, very real, very interesting stuff coming along that can help operators, organizations get better, you know, be more effective, be make more money, right, <laughs> all those good right. things. Yeah, because it's one thing to collect a whole ton of data, but then it's another to know what to do with it, to synthesize it, to analyze it, and then to put it into practical use, something that has an application that will actually make you more money. You know? And mm -hmm. then it's another thing to uh, collect data that's not so intrusive on your customers that it kind of gives them the creeps. So there's there's this balance out there. And uh, I'd be willing to bet that Peter uh, has some excellent insight into what that balance looks like. Yeah, one of the things he said in an interview that I watched was, the future of dining will be more personalized because that adds value. Mm -hmm. So you think about our own experience. We go to a restaurant, you walk in, they say, hey, Justin, right away you're thinking, you know, you're feeling good. They remembered your name. Uh, if the bartender remembered you like a certain thing in your drink or a certain type of beer, that all adds value. You, you, you're in, you know, you're, mm -hmm. you're thinking this is a good place. The server remembered something about you. And all that stuff, if it can be, if it can be tracked, that every time you walk in the door, they recognize you and give the printout of all the things you've ordered in the past and liked in the past. Interesting stuff. Yeah. Well, I, the one caveat I will add to that is uh, as long as I've been to that place before, <laughs> if they know my name before I, I have ever been there before, I'm going to be a little bit creeped out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I suppose, you know, I don't know this is, uh, you know, in the restaurant industry, you see and hear a lot. And uh, sometimes maybe people don't want all of that remembered. <laughs> Yeah, there's some things, you know, it's like, <laughs> I was really hammered one night, you know, and I went in, I ordered a bunch of stuff. I Please yeah. don't remember that. <laughs> yeah, or people dine with others that, uh, oh yeah, you know, oh yeah, yeah. So anyway. That's where you can't lose the human touch. Yes. You can't rely strictly on the data, you know, that's that's where you have to have a staff that can discern between when to use information, when not to use information. Yeah. And um, so really, no matter how much AI comes along and and how much data we collect on, on people, it's never, at least in our lifetime, I believe, it's never going to replace the, the human touch that, that you get not. from, from um, a real live wait staff and their memory and their expertise in, in their profession. Yeah, just all the digital, though, as we're just talking about it now, right? You go to someone's house and they have one of those, uh, one of the Alexas or the Echoes. Yeah. They're listening all the time, right? Uh, yeah, I believe they are listening. So I mean, you, you can go in and you can adjust the settings, but uh, yeah. that's why it, it's, it seems only too coincidental when you are talking about some product mm -hmm. in, in earshot of one of those devices and then you're scrolling through on your phone and, and then within seconds you see an ad for something that you just were talking about. You're like, that's a little too, and it happens more right. than it should, you know, it's like, mm. yeah. Or, or, or there's, you're watching TV and you got a device in the room and 
ads are coming up on that and then they're showing up on your devices and you're just like this is it's a little too weird here yeah my wife and i are doing an experiment right now on that actually oh. we have no reason in the world to talk about arkansas none <laughs> never been there on vacation no one no one that lives there but every now and again we'll just say arkansas in our house <laughs> just to see what hears us and maybe what we're going to see. If we start receiving information about vacations to Arkansas, it's confirmed that those things are listening and reporting on everything you say. And uh, it's been kind of fun. We just out of the blue will just say, what about Arkansas? What do you think about Arkansas? And we'll just say Arkansas all day long. So I'll, let, I'll report back on that uh, experiment we've got going. Yeah, I would, I would like to hear the results on that. And. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there's other keywords that you got to work in. It's like, okay, so Arkansas on a, on itself isn't doing it, but maybe we add in travel. You know, should yeah. should we travel to Arkansas? You know, mm-hmm. just keep pushing it. And I'm interested in that one because there's a lot of speculation. You, you know, and <laughs> yeah, well, you're right. We should add some you know, vacation, Arkansas. Yeah, <laughs> just to see. So Peter, he um, he does a lot of work over at um, Aramark and emerge the science of digital disruption. He's trademarked that actually, as far as um, something he's doing over there. And uh, you'll be speaking, I think, coming up here at the Western Food Service Show in August of 2021. Uh, hopefully. You know, ho- oh, yes. Hopefully, hopefully yeah. there's an event to be speaking. I should yeah. say he's scheduled to speak, but uh, speaking on the ways and technology and... and um, how many restaurateurs can benefit from all the things that he's he's working on and in food service, especially the distinct the advantage of being able to learn from repeat guests. So it'll be interesting to hear a lot of what he's talking about and where he thinks this this whole digital industry is going and AI and Well, I I hope he has some uh some perspective. Well, everybody has a perspective, but I hope he has some insight into the hardware and technology side of it as well. You know, what's being implemented um, mm-hmm. at the at the restaurant level for collecting and then using this information. But also, I never get tired of talking about robots and food service. So maybe he has some information on that as well. Oh, yeah. What is the, the thing that uh, one of the chains had? The Flippy, I think it was called? Oh, where yeah, it's yeah. a automated machine. Yeah, right. We've seen one that another company had for making salads. So some of that stuff's pretty interesting. It's amazing, though, isn't it, how far and how fast this kind of stuff goes? You know, in our lifetimes, I mean, my lifetime, I went from a a calculator being about the size of a shoebox down to, you know, (laughs) now uh, we have uh, computers that are tiny that can do so many more things, obviously, but... Just the technology, the advancements in, in what we can do in, in short periods of time, the leaps and bounds, those things are happening. Like you're saying the size of the, the hardware and everything is, is one thing, but I would say the biggest leaps and bounds have been in the, the information, mm-hmm. uh, the, the information collected, synthesized, and then utilized and, and weaponized even. You know, that is, mm-hmm. it's, it's all about information. It's like any other weapon or tool it can be used for good and it can be used for evil Mm -hmm. so i would like to hear the good ways it's being implemented so that it is uh 
mutually beneficial for both operator and customer. You know, and, and getting back to this, my thought as I was thinking about this all today, again, in my lifetime, the changes with digital and, and electronic technology, other generations, I mean, think about the auto. It has basically been unchanged since the early 1900s through the yeah, whatever. Yeah, I mean, combustion shape is what it is, you know. Yeah. It's gotten more comfortable and, uh, you know, more, more efficient, but you're right. The technology there has been the same. A lot of generations live, and there wasn't these kinds of leaps and bounds with what can be, what can happen. Uh, technology is just growing so fast in what it can do. It, um, it's really quite amazing if you stop and think about it. It's, uh, yeah, every day seems like a brave new world. Mm-hmm. All right, so maybe we should uh, find out what we don't know by bringing on today's <laughs> guest. <laughs> Uh, we have a lot of speculation of things we think we could, uh, what could be happening, but let's let's hear as we say from our experts, obviously, right? Just to remind everyone, once again, joining us today, Peter Zimbeck, the Vice President of Global Digital Incubation and the founder of Emerge at Aramark. Peter, welcome to the Volrath feed. Thanks, guys. Happy to be here. Oh, great to have you with us. We've had a lot of fun talking about your world. And you know, trying to think of what it could be. And I mean, your job sounds like a lot of fun thinking of all this, this uh, kind of stuff. And I mean, is that your day to day? It, it just, is. Yeah. It really, I always tell people, it's kind of like, I have the best job in the world. And then I have to, you know, they say, what is it? Well, then that's where it gets actually totally sideways is trying to explain what it is, <laughs> uh, you know, with all the things that are going on in technology. And, you know, I just, you know, simplify it as, as best we can, but it is, you know, definitely one of the coolest jobs. And as you said, yeah, earlier. It's there's a lot of noise and a lot of like, oh my gosh, how do you make sense of this world? Yeah. So how do you? I mean, what what do you what do you spend your day focusing on? Is it is it AI? Do you do a lot of AI stuff, or is it? That's... You know, you do a lot of that stuff, and I, I think kind of the first point is is really a good point. It's like, how do you make sense of it? And the first point is you got to start to make sense of it. And in this world, you know, it's a, I, I give everybody that has to deal with some sort of technology a huge piece of credit. I think yeah, everybody always needs to pat themselves in the back because you get inundated with this stuff day in and day out. You know, I always kind of say like, I'm sure everybody gets, you know, 15 emails a day, LinkedIn invites and other stuff that says, I've got this piece of tech and it will solve your problem. Mm-hmm. By the way, that is the single greatest lie of all. Of it. <laughs> you know, solutions don't define problems. They don't solve them either. Right. And the part about technology, and I, I always tell people the best way to make sense of it is to start working without it. You know, the great, no one has in this world an innovation problem. No one needs technology. And if you clear your mind of those two things, you will start to figure out that there is things you need and technology can play a role. That's the part and really what my team does and what I do. You know, it's applying those disciplines around you know the best way to create a new experience is one look imagine if you destroyed it last night but then what would you do and how would you rebuild it and it never starts with you know well i think i should grab some artificial intelligence and a couple robots and definitely some augmented reality right you wouldn't do that right you think sit there and think what am i trying to do for customer experience and that's really what we do and that's why it's working with clients and people every day and even internally is like look let's just the it's funny coming from the you know leader of the digital innovation incubation team is to say, okay, let's not talk about tech, but that's how you get there. 
you know, that's the, it's no, I wouldn't say it's not a great secret. It's difficult because it's an easy way. It's very easy for people to sneak back into that. You know, a, a simple, what I would say, I almost borderline call it a lazy conversation is to always talk about the tech or the equipment, you know, or, you know, the things that are already kind of there. It's a little bit hard at first, but become simpler if you step back and just think, what am I trying to create? Back to the old, listen to the, your customers, right? Listen to your, what they're going to tell you. Right. It's, you know, dad always said, you got two ears and one mouth, listen twice as much as you speak. That's uh, right. You know, maybe it didn't work well in my teenage years, but it works a little better now. <laughs> but that's exactly right. Listen, you know, and I think even things, you know, we do in our organization where we create certain tools. The first thing I'll do with some of my team is we'll sit there and talk back and forth to each other. Literally the idea of if we're going to create, let's say it's a mobile ordering experience, like messaging experience, we'll literally say, okay, your computer, I'm customer. I'm going to say something to you, say something to me back. And that's literally how we've designed a lot of technologies in this space, or we've gone right to the, you know, frontline, you know, one of our amazing 200 plus thousand frontline associates and said, Hey, you know, I'm going to do something with you and I'm going to pretend I'm your computer on your shoulder. Tell me what to do. And we've deployed a lot of great experiences that way. I, I, I like that idea. Yeah. Really gives you an insight into what can be utilized in a practical application. Uh, absolutely. And then with that, as you get there, then you start to build that. Well, then you start to you know see, okay, I need some sort of, yeah, I have a position of data that I'm going to need to capture. You know, what level of that data, you know, needs to be architected and what needs to start to be intelligent? What are those variables? That's when you'll start to see, okay, here's what I'll do around artificial intelligence. You know, here's what I will do around, you know, whatever that is, mobile, computer vision, whatever, right? It's, but it's always the big piece that has to, I would say, if, if you learn nothing from the conversation for me, is that just always start without the tech. Stay focused on the experience. It's amazing what you will see. Start with the guest experience. That brings that just right. Listen to your customer. Right. Nobody cares if you have. I mean, listen. You don't go and I'm sure you guys don't go out. To, you know, to a store and go. Excuse me. Um, before I order this wonderful sandwich, you have, do you have artificial intelligence? <laughs> Are you powered by Alexa or do you use AWS? Because I'm really curious. No one cares, right? It's you know, and we hear this often. Everybody would ask me like. You know, what type of, you know, point of sale do you use or whatever? It doesn't matter. Let me tell you about the experience I'm going to create. And here's what it's going to do. Even in food service where we talk a lot about the human touch and how valuable that is to the whole experience, there's still, especially with what we've been going through here in the last you know, nine months, um, there still is going to be this influx of this type of technology. Even as much as we believe our industry is humans Working with humans, we still see a lot of this coming into play, don't we? Yeah, I think we do. And, you know, especially during these times, I think it's caught, it should, listen, it should have been in people's thoughts before this. Uh, now I think it has to accelerate. There are, you know, amazing restaurant owners, small business owners, you know, the associates that I get to see day in and day out that are the just people I love. And I, I wake up happily to serve every single day. They are amazing people and they need to be, I almost say cared for in the way in which we enable them to do their job better. 
I think the what it has shown us is there are ways that we can do things with technology to make it safer, to make it even for you know forget the pandemic that's going on. I wish you know, I wish I was easier said than done, uh, but you know putting all that aside, you know technology's role, the way that I see it, and look Peter's point of view. I'm sure people are sitting here going, "You're out of your mind." Is not to sit there and say, "I'm doing all these things to replace people." I'm really not. I'm doing it to free the best parts of what humans can do. Yeah, the human element of the this hospitality space is absolutely paramount. Is not going to go away, but I think as we do things, even through robotics, it's going to allow humans and, and this kind of robots to work together to create an even more amazing experience. You know, I always so we did things with computer vision technology. You know, we're kind of the first to really bring this to market to reshape self-checkout versus the whole scanning thing that, frankly, I, you know, most of my life, I still can't get it right. I even worked at a grocery store, but make it visual imaging so it's super easy. We didn't do it to get rid of cashiers, actually, not at all. We did it to allow people in our staff to have more contact with the employees. That moment to say good morning, that moment to say, hope you're having a good day. Hey, did you try this? Right to have those more those moments that I always say as a as a consumer myself, I mean, gosh, the days I've gone into a, a Shake Shack and you know a woman cleaning the table in New York City starts talking to me, probably will the thing I'll remember for the rest of my life because it made a really horrible day a happy day. You know those moments you take the kids in and whatever those the retailers all around Chick Fil A's and others, those moments that matter. That's what I'm trying to create. You know, really free the human element. It's so all the things you're talking about here sound to me like they're they're multi-unit, uh, larger industry, larger business. What what are some things that you see happening for the independents, or what are some good things that independents could be looking at very soon to implement in their operations? Gosh, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think you know at least from what you know the small businesses can do uh, you know it is really the activity of how they get out there i think there's you know it's kind of an interesting one when you look at like mobile's role and you say hey small business jump onto you know one of the market aggregators to get yourself out there you know certainly it is a good opportunity because expanding your digital presence is important uh, i think there are a lot of things that you know, small businesses can do is even partner with folks like us. We do a lot of things through our restaurant row brand, you know, through some of these guest restaurant concepts that, that Aramark leverages. Because one, it's fun to bring in local restaurants to create some variety in, in the businesses, hospitals, college universities that we support. It's also part of our duty to really support these, you know, these young companies that look, all these big brands started as the young company that worked their way up. You know, we need to free them. And I think things that we're trying to do, you know, is how, and we're very early in, at least in what my team does, is how do we leverage some of the things like our operational uh, tool we call Enable, which actually digitizes the entire back of the house. How can we leverage it to them so they can just have it? You know, and it doesn't do anything to us. In fact, you could argue that big companies have a great opportunity to support small companies and also, he, he could be the selfish company and say there's probably a revenue opportunity to do so. But I think there's a lot of things we can do as help that. 
you know, give them access to spaces, you know, give them opportunities. I think the small businesses that I've seen do really, really well, um, and I have a couple of friends that are in this, have been, like I said, leverage the aggregator space. Um, you know, albeit there's a lot of things that you maybe don't necessarily love, the commissions and fees and things like that. I think that will soon, you know, continue to change and be more supportive, but it gets you out there. I think one of the great things around the idea of ghost kitchens, you know, this idea that you don't need a physical space to have a restaurant. I have a friend who actually has one. Uh, he's fantastic, you know, and, and and does a lot of this stuff and you order online and, and order directly. So I think taking advantage of some of those simple digital footprints is something you could absolutely do today. And I would say for all of us, you know, I guess this is me, you know, Peter, the, you know, loves to support everything is for all of us is make sure, you know, as it continues to be safer, get out and support the local restaurants, yes. get out and buy some dinner, have some lunch with friends, you know, do all those things that you can do. Oh, absolutely. No, we appreciate that. Uh, help, help everybody out, get out and, and support those businesses. Yeah. Getting back to, um, what you were talking about before about freeing up employees. I, I, was, I was just thinking on that a little bit and thinking about how much more pleasant like a grocery store experience would be if an employee didn't have to worry about checking out so much or, or doing uh-huh. some of these other tasks that could be done or automated. And then it allows them and frees them up to to focus more on the, the customer experience, like, like you were saying, mm-hmm. and how much more beneficial that would be not only for customers, but for that employee's mental well-being. Right? I mean, that's, uh, gosh, it, yes. I mean, this is, and this is a bit of a passion thing for me. You know, I, you know, we have, it's funny, I've traveled to a lot of our locations and I wish I could remember the wonderful lady's name, but I was at one of our universities in, in South Carolina. And, you know, we're at the food court and this woman is just brightening up everybody's day. Mm. You know, college students and they're talking. And what was crazy to me is, you know, they said it was her birthday. You know, this is, of course, pre-COVID. I go up, give her a hug, happy birthday. Like we we're laughing, her and I laughing it up. And by the way, I'm asking her things like, how can I make your job better, easier? Those kind of things. One of the one of the students brought her a birthday present mm. and gave her this birthday present. Said, "We just wanted to wish you happy birthday because you are make everybody say you know wonderful." And I'm watching, and it's like she is bright and and amazing. But I also know she's got her head down, looking at you know checking someone out. And I'm like, okay, they think this woman is amazing. A student, you know, this generation college student bought her a you know a birthday present. And my gosh, 90% of her time is heads down. Imagine mm-hmm. if, you know, 10% of her time was heads down. Yeah. What would that be like? And those are the things I always say, like, I remember those examples, you know, th- through my life and my travels, you know, being the space that if you freed them up, yeah. you know, what could you mm-hmm. do, you know, as you digit, you know, it's, as you digitize them better. And those are the things that fueled the technology that we've done around the cashier space is that I want more of those moments, you know, and, you know, the things that we do within our, um, you know, where we're using AI, by the way, today, you know, and data through, you know, my partner, our chief technology officer, Pavan Aurora, came over from IBM Watson. And the one thing we did was we freed the data because guess what? What we want to do is make sure, not that we needed less people, but that the manager of you know, whatever location we're at, could spend a few more times on the floor saying hi to everybody, 
shooting the breeze, right? Mm-hmm. Finding out if there's like something we knew we need to put on the menu that, you know, sure data can help you find that out, but it's always fun to hear the person tell you, right? Those are those, those human moments. Digital's role is really to create better human moments, in my opinion. And I think those are the things that we really stay hyper-focused on. You know, granted, now look, COVID created the other opportunity, which is, to your point, that I had to free some of these employees so they could clean more, mm-hmm. so we could sanitize more. You know, we did things like, you know, robotics for cleaning in a lot of our, you know, business. We did massive deployments of this. Again, not to have less, you know, people cleaning but to allow them to truly sanitize while our floor cleaners cleaned, you know, and because we need to be safe, we need to be transparent. And so I think that's, you know, those are those roles you have to really look at. Not just, I'm going to go put in a cool new cash register, mobile ordering app or whatever, but it's that again, like go back to the beginning, right? That experience I'm trying to create, you know, really what is the role of automation in there or AI or whatever. What are some other things that COVID has kind of forced your hand on and, and made you uh, reevaluate things and, and kind of forced you to be nimble on and turn on a dime? Um, yeah, it's, uh, gosh, a lot of things. I mean, first and foremost was to, you know, care for the, you know, um, every Aramark employee out here. You know, most importantly, keep us all safe, keep our family safe. So, you know, we, and by the way, we shifted fast. You know, we made sure we got everybody, you know, cared for, set up, made sure it was okay. We had processes to keep them safe. And then again, instantly got back to, you know what? People still need in certain places to eat. We run a lot of hospitals across the world that have amazing caregivers uh, that are just, you know, idols to me, uh, you know, day in and day out. Some of them are friends. We need to make sure that they're fed as they're pushing to save lives. You know, we need to make sure as, you know, younger kids that you know were part of meal assistance programs got meals that were provided by you know the schools that we service you know that we're doing all the things that we needed to do and you know technology played a pretty good role for us to allow us to do those things you know when we talk about how we free data you know so our managers could be on the floor you know through our artificial intelligent engine we call marco you know we even added things instantly onto marco which we did a thing like we, we created a maps you know program, which was done in literally a weekend where our managers could have instant access through their Marco app that says, here's an account that's open or here's an account that's closed that you could connect with if you needed supplies, whatever that is. Yeah, you know, that we made sure everybody could stay really, really connected and knew where they could leverage resources, whether you're college and you needed help from a business or whatever. So those are some things we did there. Today, you know, as we go through, look, a lot of the business and industry employees, myself included, uh, you know, we're all working from home. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of benefits that, you know, employees get when they're at the location. There's a lot of things we found out that they were missing. Some were just missing, you know, Chef Clint and the things that he does on Mondays, <laughs> you know, at one of our cafes in downtown Dallas. So, you know, one of our team, you know, we actually spun off a group and created a whole, you know, delivery program. We call Munch Mail, you know, and the whole idea is, is that, you know, we're now delivering directly to home. Some of the things our employees who we serve every day, you know, at a business or, you know, wherever, if they like the spice rub that we do or things like that, we're selling that. Hmm. Meal kits, different packages, ways that can keep them involved and engaged, 
allows allow em, employers to in, connect with their employees through a different way. And really, it's that whole idea of extending. Like we don't have the four walls so much anymore, so we have to extend those boundaries. We have to figure out other ways to reach them. So we've done things like those kits, which actually have gone live, and we are doing thousands of workers through this uh, through this model. We're launching our own ghost kitchens. Where again, people love some of the food concepts that we have. Let's extend them out to the broader audience and leverage, you know, the assets and talent that we have, you know, to create those experiences to not just engage, you know, whatever, you know, and a customer that shopped with us before, but also broaden ourselves into the outside market. We have some of, you know, I'm, I'm also very biased, but we have some of those amazing chefs, and I would tell you some of my most, the greatest meals I've ever had in my life. We're from, you know, chefs at Aramark, and we're really trying to start to expand our reach a little bit there to, you know, provide engagement where they need us to, but also to broaden our horizons, get our employees, you know, look, it's the hot, the, the retail food space is hard. We talked about this today, support your local businesses, support all your businesses, you know, keep us, we got to keep everybody working as best we can and get through this together. So those are things where we're continuing to reach out while also, again, Securing the spaces where employees are working, keeping them cleaner, creating you know mobile and digital access, which we've had, we just maybe accelerated in other avenues. We're continuing to do those things so they're they're available. Now, as we start to think about you know knock on wood, this you know post pandemic you know time frame that will hopefully occur this year, we really now have my team is hyper focused on what the new in store is going to look. Mm-hmm. That was kind of where I was going to go next. Yeah, like we're all anticipating this transition, and if you're not, if you haven't been gearing up for it, you're behind the ball already. I listen, if you're not, if you're not in full on development right now, you you're you're off. Um, and I think you know it's interesting. You talk about things small businesses did well. I will tell you that the the way that they have done better in the in store experience than I've seen large retailers do. Yeah, I've watched some of my friends and some of my favorite local small businesses. Boy, they got the in-store idea town so fast yeah. to just like the, the wildly creative ideas of like seating areas outside using the parking spaces because, hey, you're not going to have as many guests. Let's just leverage that space. You know, I like go to some of these, you know, some of my favorite burger places where I live. And I'm just like, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, but we can learn a lot from a, from some of these like, smaller businesses that are just besides have the amazing food, but those they thought through that in-store real fast. We've got to do the same. You know, I think the, you know, some of the, uh, you know, nonsense of the world will never work again in an office. Again, Peter's point of view is, is just, you know, it's an overreaction. It's a typical lazy overreaction. Uh, people are going to want to come back to work. We're seeing it, you know, and they want, everybody's going to crave social interaction. Right. I mean, it was the I think I read somewhere it was like, you know, what happened after 1918 when the Spanish flu was cured? Well, it was the roaring 20s. Mm-hmm. Everybody was out. You know, everybody's got to come back. I think where the challenge and the thing we all need to be ready for is, I, at least my estimation, is people are going to come back like they just, you know, ran out of the house and just ran down the street at full speed. And you need to be ready to serve they're still going to want to be safe because everybody's going to be cautious for a long time, but they're going to want to be real fast. So how do you redesign? So we're really thinking through the, the way I frame it is we're going to try to be in as many conversations as possible. I look at a digital interaction 
as a conversation with the consumer. By the way, that also includes a cashier as well. I want, you know, our my focus or where I'm thinking is I want to make sure we're in as many of those as possible. Now that That is a, a great um, way to look at it because I agree with you. I think that people are, are, are feeling this being pent up and they're ready to, to, to get out. And I think once things start to feel safe, it's going to explode. And I think we need to be ready for it. Yeah, it's, um, like I said, you know, I watched that on TV, the one day where they talked about what happened with the Roaring Twenties. Yeah, you know, that was one big party like, for a decade there. Uh, yeah, I'm sitting there like, oh, wow. You know, you kind of sit back and look at it. Oh, that makes sense. And it does. I think this whole idea that, you know, it's, it's now look, it's, you've got to always be careful of the overreactions of the world, you know, and, and the things that you need to do. But I, I do agree, at least in my opinion, I think there's a lot of willingness that people are going to want to go back. Now, is the world going to want to go back to like it was in our business and industry space five days a week into work well before eight, leaving after five? You know, probably not. If you ask my wife, she'll tell you she hopes not. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, yes. I think there'll be some <laughs> fundamental freedoms. And I think the great part is, well, we've already developed the freedoms, right? The, the programs we're doing to reach out and let you order things to home, ghost mm-hmm. kitchens. Like I think everybody's well positioned. So it's like, don't quit that because... Yeah, the world was opened back up again. Yeah. I think embrace it as, again, just one other conversation touch point you can have with the consumer. Uh, if there's one thing that COVID has done that I think will translate into post-COVID is the term flexibility. And Absolutely. What people, um, we've broken away from a lot of rigidity in um, work schedules and, and we found out and discovered that, hey, we can operate and not only just operate, but we can be successful with people working from home. So it allows for that flexibility, which in turn allows people to get a little bit more sanity and satisfaction out of their position and, and being able to, hey, you know what, I, I can go and pick my kids up from this or that. And and imagine more, right? And I think yeah. even it's going to help spur, I, I believe, again, I'm, you know, maybe I'm, you know, call me the idealist in this world. You know, I firmly believe that those are the things that are going to help accelerate all the businesses and industries that people work in. You got mm-hmm. to see things you maybe didn't take a moment to pause and see, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's the, you know, the, the things that I always tell my team is that when we really think about what we're trying to create, again, focus on the experience, as I said, look, you, you know, it's, uh, you know, Thomas Edison's, right? You can take, you know, all you need is a pile of junk and an imagination. I think the imagination got lost for a while. And if you think of some things that came out as a lot of people to think and to dream and to you know, clear your head, you know, and, and I think you said that the flexibility and hopefully, you know, a renewed sense of, you know, thought, it, it's going to be, it's, it's, you got, I mean, if you're not super excited, you know, besides the fact that it's super excited to get in your house, right? Yeah. If you're not super excited, you should be, right? Or you're just not in the right business, mm-hmm. you know, or you're not thinking through those things. And that's where, you know, look, I don't need much to be, you know, overly energized to do this kind of stuff because I love it. But I think it's just going to be, it's going to be amazing what comes out. I think you, like you said, is a great point. The flexibility is going to be one of those things everyone's going to have to really start to manage to. Yeah. I, I, I think that one of the issues before was so many people relied on other people to be creative for them. Mm-hmm. And when you're, you're thrust into a, a pandemic where you need to adapt to survive, it forced everyone to be creative. Either either you're going to shut down and board up and you know wait out the storm, or you're going to be creative in how you 
adjust and find solutions so that you can, you know, not only survive but thrive during it. So right, and I I, th I think that's going to carry over. And, and you're you're right. And, and technology that can free up people's time and mind space to to be creative and to be more uh, focused on on the service that they're providing their customers is something that needs to be implemented. Yeah, so Peter, you t you talked about some of those things a little earlier. These ways that technology can help people with uh, their better uh, the human experience. Do you have any other things that you've seen that are good examples of how that works, or how technology has helped people, or what, what do you see in the near future for more ways that we can use technology to help that experience? Like oh, the grocery gosh. store, right? Is it? Is it? I've seen like uh, carts that when you put things in, it's automatically kind of tallied up in the cart. Yes. Is that is that a real super, thing coming? By the way, super cool, super fun. Actually, you know, did it at a, at a grocery That's store awesome. chain that we saw. You know, I think that yeah. I mean, you know, I think Amazon did a really great job with the ghost store concept. You know, the idea that I can walk out, walk in, walk out. Uh, Aramark actually launched. A, we launched our you know complete you know frictionless. Uh, our autonomous shopping experience actually in March, uh, just as COVID started, hmm. you know, we launched our first autonomous store we call Quick Eats, um, you know, and the parts that, by the way, it was interesting because the story about that is we were planning on maybe holding given it was just about the pandemic was just about to start. We we're really concerned and determined that, you know what, actually we should open this because it was a, where we were could help people get access to, look, it's convenience, it's beverages and some, you know, some kind of basic foods that they could get. And you didn't have to touch anything, really. You know, there was no waiting in line. There was just grab your stuff and get out. Um, and even when, you know, we had an instance where someone, you know, um, that was in the store, they found out, you know, through the place where we were that they had to test a positive. We were actually able to identify where they were and what they touched. And we were immensely safer. And the things that we made sure we cleaned, I mean, look, cleaned everything because we were just, you know, everybody was just learning. But we mm -hmm. knew what to really isolate on and things we probably should just remove. And so this autonomous store idea, I think this, and it's really about computer vision and artificial intelligence working together, will really create a hassle-free experience. We did this four years ago, you know, launching a, a technology that did computer vision for self-checkout. And what it showed to us was this amazing efficiency speed and people could just drop stuff and go and there's none of the scanning. So we were taking, you know, even self-checkout times that were 20, 30, 40 seconds, you know, down to seven seconds. Yeah, the amount of data we're capturing allowed us to be smarter product. Those types of things have built now to full on stores. I will say that I think that's going to be super impactful, you know, where people can just walk in, grab something and walk out. And I think that will, as the technology evolves and gets better, you know, it's still got a ways to go. It's expensive. You know, it's got, um, you know, some gaps in it, but it's working really well. As it evolves, it'll allow the spaces to get bigger. You know, it'll allow, you know, more things to take place in that. So I, th I think that definitely has a role. I think the way in which, you know, the, like you said, in the grocery store space, I think the grocery store space is so ripe for disruption. And those things like shopping carts are great, you know, but then how do you then to really hyper-personalize an experience? You know, people go to the grocery stores and are very much regimented. You get the same things you get. You know, how do you navigate them through the store more efficiently? You mm -hmm. know, how do you, you know, provide that personalization 
And by the way, of course, yes, we all want to make money. So how do you create those ways to, you know, instead of them roaming the aisles, you know what they buy. Why are you not taking that and creating a personalized shopping experience that also can entice them things that are similar to what they like? You know, there's so much data in this world, you know, and you hear things about data lakes and I've got artificial intelligence and blah, 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 blah. You got to start using it. Um, you can't wait for it to be massively collected. Free something today, you know, directed towards, again, I'll go all the way back to the beginning of our conversation, directed to a point in an experience that you want to create, test and learn. How worried should people be about being that tracked? And, um, you know, the years ago, we always in the restaurant industry talked about cash and cash has no tails. You know, it was, it was right. cash businesses. It's a nice business actually to be in, but now everything's electronic, everything's digital, every sign-in, every uh, rewards card for the grocery stores and all those things. How worried does the average person have to be about all the ways they're being tracked, listened to? We joked earlier on the show about some of the you know, in-home uh, Alexas and things like that. Are they listening all the time to everything? Uh, yeah, it's a, I, you know, I... I, I um... Yeah, this is where me, the, you know, the person who is knee deep in the technology will tell you that that's up to you. You know, I, I look at this as I've got a very busy day. You know, I've got two teenage daughters. I've got two rescue dogs. I've got, you know, a wife. I've got mom and dad a thousand miles away. I've got a job and then people that I care about to work. My day's busy. If it can help me get through my day a little bit easier, you know, by leveraging my personal information to make sure I'm pointed towards you know, the certain thing I need to buy at the store, by all means. Uh, I do think there is, you know, it's, you know, everybody, I think, you know, given all that's going on in the world, you know, I think there's this responsibility of tech, you know, and there's a responsibility of us to make sure we do it the right way. I think for me, you got Peter's point of view, and I think some people are afraid of it. And that's okay. Then you just don't use it. You know, and you go about your day however you just see it fit. I see it as super efficient for me. You know, all the things that, that I have to do on a day-in, day-out basis, I'm gladly okay, you know, leveraging things that um, the technology provides to make it simpler. Those Alexa things like that, gosh, I, you know, I'd say, who knows? Are they listening? <laughs> I, I, no idea. I honestly have no idea. <laughs> but I love the, it's interesting when you talk about Alexa or Google and those types of the conversational AI. In my opinion, one thing I will tell you, and many in my company know this, this has been a passion of mine for four or five years now. I firmly believe that conversational AI will be the great single greatest touch point to consumers digitally in the future. Uh, because it does some, a couple of things. It learns. You know, yes, you could say it listens to you, but that's part of the learning. Alexa didn't get smart because a bunch of people are coding a bunch of stuff. You asked it a question it didn't know. Well, that's a skill that you had to go make sure it knew. Uh, conversational AI, why I love it, is it measures the one piece that mobile apps can't do. That a lot of things that humans can do. So it's actually not bad to hear this. Is why I'm like, I've a kid who's still humans are part of the digital experience. You know, but conversational AI measures one thing a mobile app can never do. Uh, a website can never do, which is your intent. What were you trying to do? Mm -hmm. You know, and we've done a lot of work with this through you know, 2018, we launched a cool concept in sports, you know, to create frictionless experience to order a beer in your seat. We use conversational AI to do it. It demystified in four minutes what we thought we knew about the consumer's purchase behavior. 
because the intent of what they were asking us. I think those are things that you, I, I will say, be okay with it. You know, there's, look, just as much danger out there of a million things. And you can't be afraid of everything. I think there is a lot of great things it can do for you. There's a lot of great things it can do to support your business if you're in one. You know, if this is what you do. So I think it's, again, and, and I say, this is not speaking for Aramark, this is speaking for Peter. But I'll tell you that I embrace a lot of what we do. I also have teenage daughters that I tell you, they probably give you like every bit of personal information for a free cheeseburger if you ask them for it. So it's going to be what you're comfortable doing. And over time, I would say embrace a little bit, but get when you're comfortable, move up, right? I mean, I think through all of that goes on in your life, always be, you know, you've got to make sure you have enough moments of being comfortably uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. That's how you grow. <laughs> yeah. Good. Well, you know, that's, you brought up a solid point. You know, the the younger generations, they've grown up with the idea that there is no privacy. So it's like they are pretty transparent about a lot of things. So they're like, yeah, whatever. I'm I'm cool with this. Where the older generations are still trying to hold on to that. And what, yeah. which makes me think, though, what are what are some data points that operators, small businesses uh, can collect that aren't necessarily invasive or intrusive upon their customer base, but they can still leverage and use to increase sales and performance. Yeah. You know, it, it's funny. We, we were talking about this whole human experience and technology, what you could do. You know, I always think he has a couple um, local restaurants I like to go to and my kids like to go to. In fact, they're going there apparently without me tonight. But, um, you know, <laughs> one, it's the human touch, right? It's the, how did you like that burger? And again, if you're doing things like if you look at, uh, you know, ways that you can engage a consumer differently where your head doesn't have to be down taking an order. Well, guess what? You've created an opportunity to gather insights from your consumer. You know, and direct insight. And by the way, you learn everything, right? How did you like that burger? Oh my gosh, it was great. As you can see, their eyes lighting up and their, you know, you know, body standing upright and you know those things. I think it's, it's funny, people, I, I say that and everybody's like, uh, duh. No, right? I mean, that's like the thing, if, you, if you're if you buried in a cash register that's not set up to be super efficient, you're missing those moments. I tell you, that wonderful cashier in South Carolina, if I could take, you know, 90% of her head down time, if I could take 10% of that way, I mean, 10% got her birthday presents and people come and say, can't wait to see her every day. If I took double that, oh my gosh, what could that be? Right. It's those like those are simple steps you could do today and be successful, you know, getting those moments to ask the question, you know, social media. Look, is <laughs> I think we're all going to agree is a little bit, you know, um, a rough conversation these days. But I, I see a lot of restaurants advertise there and they ask questions. They post simple surveys. Doesn't have to be super detailed. Did you like this? By the way, but don't be like, did you like our restaurant? Or not? Did you like this? You know, uh, burger with bacon cheese and the fried egg on it you know it's yes or no yeah yeah you could do simple things and gather insights from look at your data you know um and don't worry about being super hyper analyzed just make sure the things you sell the most are always available the things you sell the least maybe stop selling and put something else closer to what you sell a lot of on like there's just super simple moments and, and by the way see what happens, learn. I think through the fundamental thing companies have to do, not just in how you develop something new, but even how you continue your business. 
is this evolution or iteration, as we call it. The process of iteration has to go faster than it ever has before. Because with this, you know, to our earlier point of there's data everywhere. You know, the generations today know everything about everything everywhere. And so you've got to be iterative a whole lot faster. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't wait till the year end to launch your new menu item or beverage. You've got to you've got to spend a little bit of time, you know, and look at it. And there's always tools you can find that are simple, easy, cheap, and some are free that you can use to run some things through your businesses. Um, you know, or or start to work together. You know, I think what is cool through all that has gone on. At least I've seen, I don't know if you guys have seen this. I've seen a lot of restaurants start to form these groups that are almost mm -hmm. like helping each other. And you look at it almost like in years past and go, well, gosh, they're like competitors, you could say. But it's they're like all a coming almost, together. Yeah. yeah. And it's through all of this thing. One of my favorite things I always I tell the, you know, everyone I talk to, my children most importantly, is this idea that, you know, if you're not with me or against me is like the laziest statement in the world. The win-win. The idea that everybody can win in this world is what will make success happen faster. And I think those are kind of cool things that I've seen come out. And by the way, you, they're not, I'm not talking a lot about tech. I'm saying there's some things you could do with your technology a little bit, mm -hmm. but these are just simple things you can do. It's just kind of free your mind a little bit. Embrace the kind of win-win idea around it, you know, and, and iterate it quickly. Hmm. You know, that concept of people banding together, so to speak. It's it's always, you can see it throughout history. In tough times, that's what people do. You know, in the yep. Depression and other eras where clubs became very popular. What is a club? It's a bunch of people getting together, enjoying each other's company, and those things thrive in tough times. And then as, you know, we've seen in history, they they tend to ebb and flow with that. So, yeah, very I mean, interesting look, stuff. Yeah, it's you've never seen anything in the world where it has been successful, where one won, where the other lost. If you go back in history, you'll you won't mm -hmm. find it. Uh, you know, and we didn't. You go to those industry conferences, and I see our competitors there, and of course, you know, you sit there like I'm out to get you. You know, um, but at the end of the day, look, the more they learn and we all grow together, the better off. For, by the way, the better our customer is, which is super cool, and the more it challenges us every day to keep moving up. That's right. Yeah, it keeps everyone from becoming complacent and and stagnating. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, before we run out of time, I'm always a fan of talking about um, new technologies in in the field. And I was wondering if you have any new insight or things that you think are going to be coming down the pipeline for be it automation or robotics in the workplace or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, I, I just I love I love talking about it. I love seeing it and, and seeing how it could balance with a place so that you don't lose that human touch. Yeah, no, it is. It's, you know, it's my favorite thing to go like crazy, get very geeky about <laughs> is all the things that we do, you know, around automation's role. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, again, I kind of take it at the highest piece. I always tell people that, look, there's so much tech out there and it's, I mean, it's amazing. There's some just people that you talk to and I'm in awe of every day that are creating these new robotics or different automation tools. And it's like, gosh, why, why can't I think of that? Um, <laughs> you know, I will say that the stuff that's been most amazing has been the ones that are really focused on changing the, the consumer experience. You know, there's, I've seen, 
I will tell, there's one thing I always tell people to remember is all the automation tools out there, by the way, they all work. Like they work. Why they don't work is when you start focusing on, does it really work? Mm. The biggest trap of technology is spending too much time on it. You know, we've seen tech and people are like, oh, we got to spend time making sure this tech works. By the way, of like a technology I've seen where there's like 10,000 of them. It makes me laugh because I'm like, you're missing the point. It's, you know, and then they say it failed. Well, things don't, you know, it's like kind of like solutions don't fail because you didn't solve the problem. They failed because you never faced the right one. Mm -hmm. Automation's role, your responsibility of automation is simply this. You know, it's a mathematical equation I got in grad school one time was, you know, new technology plus old process equals very expensive old process. <laughs> it was like, you know, one of our professors said that I was, you know, I was kind of like sitting there mesmerized, like you're a genius. I'm like, oh my God, that's like common sense. But it is, it is actually that. So by the way, so always remember that when you get into this. But I think there's a couple of things we're really focused on is, you know, automation's role in things like delivery, especially now in the times of COVID. You know, we have universities uh, across the United States, uh, a handful that are using delivery robotics for food because it's contactless, it's safe, and it can get to where they are because, you know, college students and you know, as a dad of a daughter in college, they're not all going to class all the time. So, but they still want to eat, mm -hmm. you know, everybody you know, apparently eat a lot too. Um, <laughs> so you've got the delivery robotics, you know, and those types of things, there's some good, there's some bad out there. You know, I think the parts of how they fit in the whole experience is, I think, of the part that we're spending a lot of time on. The uh, cleaning robotics, right? I mean, always very important because the one thing in this janitorial space, and I think the, you know, Bureau of Labor posted a couple of years ago, was that nobody wants this job. But by the way, what if I could make the job cool? You know, where it's like you get to work with robotics and yes, you do clean, but you can learn a skill in robotics that you can evolve your own career. Well, and it takes, takes your pay and points it upwards you know right exactly so and it gives you something to like be excited about we when we launched our cleaning robotics it was so cool how our staff became in love with this idea some of them even named them you know one of one person she claimed that this was you know her new child um, and you know it's hers so don't touch you know my child and it was so, but it was so fun because they were so connected to it and, and it was showing them and teaching them a different skill they didn't know so there's a role in the cleaning space that I think is going to be ever so important. The delivery robotics, like we talked about, food robotics. We're heavily, you know, expanding different types of startups in the food robotics space because what it is doing is, again, go back to being safe and contactless. It's great, but it's expanding our reach, bringing food closer to the people, right? Our people and people closer to the food and good food, right? So we were doing things around salads and, gosh, frozen yogurt and some of our children's hospitals too you know, pizzas, you know, artisan pizzas, and even just, you know, did one with a, a partner where they have an amazing ramen bowl concept. That's all food robotics that allows us to be in more places where we ne maybe necessarily can't, where we can test different ideas that we're trying to explore. And it creates those reach. So I think those are really cool. I think the future will be, you know, will we have some sort of autonomous or, you know, cobotic, I, I kind of use the term cobot, because robots, there's really no one has a full-on robot that runs itself. It's connected to a human, so it's that term, cobotics. I think you'll see more cobotic kitchen type stuff start to evolve. There's been some things, I think they fail because, frankly, you needed like an Ivy League education to run it. You know, we've got to make it 
And and by the way, it never thought about that the human experience. What am I going to do with that amazing cashier in South Carolina? You know, and how is she going to play that role? I was going to go back to that. But we are looking at, you know, this kind of, you know, these uh, automation in the kitchens to create more opportunities, you know, for people to connect. And I think that really the last piece is we're going to continue down. The, the one fundamental thing I always tell people is that you've got to digitize your business as much as you're digitizing your consumer. I think we've all had experiences where companies and retailers have created great experiences for the consumer through digital, but you never digitize your business. So congratulations, you just moved the line from one place to the other. We are doing a lot of that to free the employees and our, and our amazing staff across the world to again, have those moments to say hi, but to be super efficient, to be super effective. And to, at the end of the day, everybody has to have a great experience, right? Every kind of stakeholder. So that automation and data role for our operation, digitizing our operations, is something we are, you know, very, very focused on, and will continue to be as we go forward. Wow, really good stuff. It's awesome, it, Peter. We didn't touch on one thing that I noticed um, emerge. Is that something you wanted to touch on? No, yeah, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, emerges. Um, so emerge is the digital incubator that I started a couple of years ago. You know, it's, here's my like nerdy comment of the day. So everybody feel free to laugh at me. Emerge is based off the idea of an emergent property. Two things come together, something else emerges. The idea of, you know, that's how we came up. That's how I came up with the name. You know, um, I, you know, my education is as in that systems thinking background. And so I'm sure all my friends are going to listen to this, make total fun of me. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 they can't. I mean, because like picking a name is like seriously one of the hardest things to do. Right. Like ever. It's It's like, it's like getting married or, you know, naming your child, or maybe it's probably even more difficult than those things. <laughs> Honestly, I think, yeah, I think naming my kid was so much easier. Uh, <laughs> but it, it, it's, and by the way, I did it on purpose because there is, you know, that part of it, what we do, so what we really do is like, our job is to really, you know, you could almost say disrupt ourselves. You know, my job in the company, and, and some would say I'm pretty successful at being annoying, is to, you know, almost challenge everybody to think like, well, what if we did it differently? You know, the statements in this world, I always say is, imagine if we could. You know, what if we did, right? Those could not be, you know, we, you know, what happens if, or things like that. It's a very positive outlook on it. And embracing, like I talked about emerging properties, embracing that interaction of things coming together. You know, that, you know, you always hear people say like, embrace the pivot, right? Be comfortable, be uncomfortable, all that kind of stuff. I always say, embrace the emergent property, right? Enjoy it, figure it out because that's, you created an interaction that no one knew was possible. Good, bad, or, you know, or ugly, right? I mean, it's just, you create it and, and what you do with it. And so that's really what we focus on. We behave very differently to, I'd say most kind of large innovation labs is one, we're not large, you know, we behave very much like a startup. We like to be very nimble. Uh, I think that allows us to be very, very creative. You know, I, I'm also, you know, blessed to say, you know, I, I have an amazing organization. I've actually been with there for 20, almost 23 years now. Uh, we have amazing leadership that lets us be free, lets us think and lets us challenge. And our that's our whole kind of mission is to really look at it from a holistic point of view, but embrace this kind of science of disruption. Yeah, and what it, and create those possibilities of what it can be. 
Very cool. Yeah, and I could I could sit and listen to this stuff all day. I think it's so fascinating, and and uh, you clearly are you're in. You you got it. This is yeah. your, this is your jam. Have you always been this way your whole life? Has this been one of your like things your whole life growing up into technology and digital and? Ironically, no. You know, my um, my background, you know, was in marketing, and but it was in a lot of creating brands and creating different models. And I was fortunate enough to work for some amazing people that that educated me along the way. Um, but I, I did, you know, a lot of work in, in this space. Where I, the short story of why I ended up in the technology group was that from the seat of marketing, I created a commerce uh, program for one of our divisions. And, you know, with a team and in our first year, we, I mean, our first three years, we went from zero to $20 million in sales on a hundred accounts. You know, it's since grown to a $50 million business. It's one of our most popular commerce engines. It solved a need for uh, an industry segment. And so you said, when you do something cool in the tech space, well then, you know, CIOs come over and say, you need to be over here. And they also had this vision of kind of bringing that consumer experience piece I talked about in the beginning, very much in the world of IT, you know, cr- helping us think beyond just here's a piece of technology, I must make it work. But really, you know, what I what I brought and what several of us who came over from that kind of background, we brought in this whole methodology. So that was how I came up with it. A lot of it has been, yes, very wildly creative. Mom will probably tell you that. She'll tell you all the bad things too. Uh, but there's a, you know, I've got this creative art that I enjoy. I have a great partner who I say, you know, he and I are very much the art and science uh, that's really enabled us to to be successful. And it's it's just a lot of fun. You know, it's, for the time I've been at Aramark, it's, I always thought, you know, you never stay at a company too long. And I've been here my whole career because it's so creative. It encourages that behavior. And there's, you know, a couple hundred thousand of the most amazing people that said, I don't mind sleeping a couple hours every day to get up and help make their lives better. Wow. Well, you're, it's, it sure is obvious. You enjoy what you do. It comes through. You, you, uh, very good at it. You're knowledgeable. You're fun to listen to. So we really appreciate you, uh, being on the show with us today, Peter, before we let you go, I know that, um, with our guests, we always like to ask that at some point in your career, your life, there's a quote or some inspirational thing that you've heard or or someone has Mm -hmm. said to you that kind of helps guide you or inspires you. Do you have anything like that you could share with our listeners today? Yeah. If you don't mind, can I share two? Please. Please. No, All I right. Love so it. I'm going to give you like the business one for those companies that are out there listening to this going, he's crazy. Uh, not crazy. You know, I've been called the mad scientist, not mad either. But um, <laughs> you know, as you think about changing your business, it's hard, right? And you're always fearful of things. The, the best line I heard was the idea that, look, failure, right? Everybody hears about failure. And fail fast, move on. This kind of thing. The, the best line ever: failure is success in progress. By the way, that was Einstein. Wow. Uh, that's one of my, and I tell my team this all the time. I, you know, tell my kids this all the time. So that's kind of the one. The second one I heard, and if I remember correctly, I think it was Will Smith who said this: is that you know, you had mentioned like I'm an idealist or whatever. It's about belief. You have to believe that something different can happen. He who says he can and he who says he can't are both usually right. Yep, absolutely. So I think those are kind of the, I would say those are probably the two quotes that I have told everybody. Um, And I, by the way, and I tell my, I remind myself every day. 
you know, in those moments of reflection to kind of always mm-hmm. remember that. Yeah. If you don't think you can do it, the odds of you actually doing it are pretty low. Right. It's just right. not going to happen. Very good stuff. And and thank you again uh, so much for being with us today. Uh, it's been, a, as I said, a great pleasure, a great podcast. Thank you for the show. It really was a, a good show today. And uh, wish you the best of luck and everything in the future. And hopefully we'll get to talk to you again soon. Oh, Rich, I appreciate it. Always, it's great talking to you all. And, you know, look, everybody be safe and best to you and your families. And, you know, onward and upward. Perfect. Thanks, exactly. Peter. Take care. Thanks, Thank Peter. you, guys. Wow, Justin, uh, we we say it a lot, and uh, again, what a great show! Really, a, a just a an expert in what he what he talks about is, and uh, g- great things to think about is what the future can be. I wrote a lot of notes. I've got a ton of pages here of just good things to think about after the show. Right. Well, and and Peter, he has one of those contagious personalities where. You may never have thought about being passionate about uh, AI or data or automation, but after spending an hour with him, you're like, "Yeah, I'm on board. Let's. I'm. I'm going to start a business now based upon what I've learned with him." Oh, and it's just so many good things. R- truly, truly, and and it it gets you excited about what's coming down the pipeline. Well, what I thought was very interesting was he said, when you're developing these things. Don't start with the technology. Yes. Start yeah. with the guest experience. And that's mm-hmm. like back to basics. You know, right. listen to your customers. Listen to or look at what they're going to go through. Talk about their experience and start with that. That was really kind of cool. And then that whole concept of digital's role being to create better human experiences or human moments. That, bam, hits you hard too yeah. when you think about that's a great concept. And then... You know, the whole thing, these are just some of the notes I took, the conversational AI learning the intent. And he's so, he's so right that, that all these things are just so cool. I, I, I had yeah. a great day today with him. I really thought it was cool. Yeah, really. I mean, you, you strip it down to the studs and you don't get distracted by what's shiny, what's new, what, and you don't try to pick out something and shoehorn it into your business just because you liked it. You, you really got to analyze what, it's going to benefit your customer's experience, make things better for your employees so that they can ensure a better customer experience. So I, I really like that concept of what they do. Yeah. I'll be looking forward to uh, speaking with him again if he uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. wants to come back on the show. Sure would be a good one. All right. So wrapping this one up, any, any final thoughts there, Justin? Yeah. I would like to remind everyone to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss another moment with a food service industry professional again. You stay up on current trends and topics. And speaking of topics, if you would like to send us a note, a message about something you would like to hear us discuss, we would be very grateful to you. Right, and if you want to reach out to us online, uh, that's the volrathfoodservice.com slash the feed. We'd love to hear from you. And in uh, keeping with the theme of getting back to the basics with customers. Uh, My quote for 2021 is whatever it is, do it like there's a customer watching you. If you have that always in your mind, you'll always be doing the right thing. So once again, thanks everybody for listening. Have a great week ahead. Until next time, take care.